Welcome to this episode of My Head Hurts. Attention, there are succession spoilers ahead. Proceed with caution. Yeah, if you haven't watched Succession yet, go watch it and then listen to this episode. We talk about community, we talk about community psychology, and what our communities mean to us. That's so corny. (laughs) No, it's great. I mean, that is what we talk about. um share with your community if you like this episode even if you don't like this episode share it with your community your online community your in-person community doesn't matter um should we do a media a media review of um what we've been watching and consuming we have lots to talk about um what disclaimer disclaimer we tried to record this yesterday and it was a mess a hot mess so this is the second time that we're talking about um these shows that we've been watching but I'm happy to rehash. I'm happy to rehash always. Happy to rehash. Um, so it's Pride Month now. It's June. So I think we should start off with. <laughs> oh, OK. Ultimatum. Oh, with with queer ultimatum. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what does Pride Month have to do with succession? <laughs> no, anyway, <laughs> um, actually, actually, the, in the last, uh, you know, the last episode of, of succession where he, he's like talking to stewie i think it is and he was like you're just like every other guy like uh you go out and <laughs> you do like molly on weekends cheeses. and kiss dudes yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that the was, best part that was of that a good episode, line arguably um, yeah okay but we'll come back um, to that yeah so i've been watching the queer ultimatum which is a show on netflix one of their wonderfully made reality <laughs> dating shows. Actually, I'm so disappointed yes. by the like the choice of host. She's a terrible host of of the show. Like she's not good at all. Hi. I'm like, where are Wait, how so? Where is Vanessa and what's his name? Vanessa and Drew Lachey. Nick Lachey. Drew Lachey? Is it Nick Lachey? Nick. Where are Vanessa but and like, Nick Lachey? They're bad. They're they're famous. Yeah, but they're better. I guess in the reunion, they're better than they're better than this girl who is who is. Oh my god, the host of the ultimatum. She's terrible. Anyway, wait, I'm looking. The show up. is good. You should, yeah. The show Keep is going. five couples that um, decide that one of them has an ultimatum for marriage. The other one isn't ready, and so they go into the experiment. And they switch partners, they find a new partner, they live with them in like a fake relationship, not like a fake relationship, but like in a relationship for three weeks, then they break up and get back together with their original partner, live together for three weeks, and then see who they want to choose or if they don't want to choose anyone. Damn. Damn. Um. It's really messy. It's really good. (laughs) So... Yeah, can you tell us more about like some of the drama that ensues? Yeah, I mean, as 
as one of these shows would have it, there's plenty of like love tri- I actually there's not there's not plenty of love triangles. There's mainly like one love triangle and then there's just a lot of uh, drama, infidelity, not really infidelity because they're all broken up, but you know, there's there's some fooling around. There's there's some tomfoolery. There's uh people in bad relationships that they keep on breaking up and getting back together and they refuse to they, they refuse to acknowledge that they're not good for each other. There's um there's a girl who doesn't really like her partner until other people express interest in her partner and then she's like, I wanna marry you. It's oh it's messy. God. What okay, can that's you say? relatable. <laughs> that is relatable <laughs> content. Um okay, I do I don't know the psychology behind this, but I do feel like when other people express interest in someone, they get more attractive. I can't explain it, but I have fallen prey to that phenomenon. I actually didn't know this. I'm so curious <laughs> who you're referring to. <laughs> no, it's just like when I guess, it, I don't know, it's happened all my life where like mm-hmm. my attraction to someone has been amplified based on, I don't know, it's maybe like something to do with economics, you know? Like supply and demand. <laughs> yeah. Supply and demand. Like as demand increases, that supply feels more valuable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Going back to um our discussion on attachment theory, everyone on TikTok is talking about like the attachment styles of these different people and i'm just like oh here we go again good lord the attachment styles yeah they strike again but it's like they're like vanessa is clearly anxiously attached because (laughs) she pushes xander away until xander likes someone else and then she comes running back and i'm like i don't know if that's anxious i I, or i I don't know if that's Hmm. avoidant attachment i just feel like she's kind of an asshole but i don't know yeah I've been seeing some funny ones, funny TikToks about it, even though I haven't watched Mm it, of Mm -hmm. like, like, you looked funny at my cat. Like, why did you look funny at my cat? We can't be together if you don't like cats. (laughs) And she's like very jumping to conclusions. So I'm excited to watch. My Netflix is up and running again. Um, Finally. I can. I can finally tune in. That's great news. Oh, I feel like I asked you a good question about it yesterday, but now I don't remember what we really talked about about it. So, okay, I've been watching Jury Duty, which is a show where they tell this one guy that he's going to be in a documentary about being on a jury and Mm -hmm. the judicial system, but turns Mm -hmm. out it's a mockumentary and everyone's an actor besides him i love the setup i love how i love how they're literally just doing like punked but a full series yeah it's like long form what would you do (laughs) with john quinones (laughs) Um, because they come up with the most ridiculous scenarios and the guy is so endearing his name is ronald He's from San Mm -hmm. Diego. (laughs) 
Oh, and he's hometown represent. So, he's so lovely and kind. And I just watched the final episode yesterday, which was like the reveal and also behind the scenes. Okay. And mm-hmm. all the writers like could not anticipate how kind he was. And so oh. they kept being like, he's foiling all our plans by being too nice. Oh my God. Uh, which I thought was really cute. And he's just. Yeah. He's so shocked. And also, he's so excited to be on a jury. It's really sweet. Could now never they, be So made. they make up, they make up like a whole like trial then. And they have, mm-hmm. they have An like all case. the. Okay. What is, I'm so curious. What is the case? The case. So there's this rich woman who has this brand called like Essence and Sparrow or something like that. And it's clothing. Okay. Okay, to be honest, this was like my sleepy time show, so I kind of fell asleep at some points. But um, basically, so she's suing one of her employees who allegedly fell asleep on the job and urinated all over like 13,000 items of clothing or something like that. Um, Something like that. Okay. It has to do with like a rich woman called Jacqueline, but she goes by Jacquees. <laughs> and yeah, and then at That's one incredible. point they all go to Margaritaville and they all get drunk at Margaritaville. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10 recommend. I need to watch the show. You'll yeah. love it. You would I think I will. Love it. Yes. And I was saying that they could never do this with a woman because a woman would question too much but i think too sus about it a little bit but i think honestly it was just this specific man that was perfect for the role yeah i mean they they had to cast it perfectly Mm -hmm. yeah and they did but then i was reading interviews and he was like i still feel like their camera's following me i'm still a bit paranoid i was like not ronald Oh no, Truman Show come to life. That's exactly what he said. He was like, I'm in a real life Truman Show. Um, which was sad. Poor guy. Honestly, Poor so guy. lovely. But maybe he, he actually, he's like actually really sort of red-pilled in that way because we're all living in a surveillance state. So he just has it more viscerally than other people. Damn. You right. <laughs> You're not, not wrong. To, not to be a downer or anything. But. No, you're literally not wrong. Because <laughs> when you. Greg was here, he was eating her protein powder. This is this is so random tangent. <laughs> but we were having like protein shakes, and he started getting ads for the protein that we have here, and it's not available. I don't think it's available in the UK. And also, he never Googled it. Yes. Well, it's probably because like he's in a household where Amazon has been ordered or maybe not Amazon, but like the delivery, whoever delivered that to you, it's like on record that your household is a consumer of that product. So anyone in your household is likely to be consuming that product. And he's a new, he he represents like a new technology in the household that they're, they, you know, the algorithms can recognize that he oh hasn't been advertised this stuff. No. No, 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 no. Precisely. Now I'm like 
the shadows too. I'm backlit, so it just looks like I'm like <laughs> No, 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 no. I look like a person of interest. <laughs> All right. Um what do you think about the succession finale? I really liked it. Spoiler um, alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. We're talking about succession finale. I thought it was so great. I mean, I think like the episode was set up really well by the preceding, like by the, um, what do you call the second to last? The, the, the semi. The, the, the penultimate. The, the penultimate episode. Um, I think they just set it up really well and it was a great microcosm of the universe of succession like all in one episode where of course like you had to have someone really like two of the characters really sure that they were going to take the crown and of course none of them do uh and it was really interesting i i just actually finished listening to the podcast episode I don't know if you oh, yes. listen to the Succession podcast. I think it's okay. I'm actually like I'm not floored by it. I, Kara Swisher is fine, but not particularly a good podcast host. Not to drag her, good for her, but like, yikes! It's more about I feel like it's more about the just about the people that they feature, which are you know the the actors, the creators, and then people within the world of business who can like speak to the real life um goings on go, going going on going on goings on <laughs> goings on um what did they say about this episode well i actually didn't what did i i didn't finish the um the second part of it the first part was with jeremy strong and they interviewed alexander skarsgård about like what what it's like to play like you know like a young tech billionaire and we're, you know, kind of getting inspiration from the tech billionaires of today and talking to Jeremy Strong about what it's like to finish this long journey as as Kendall Roy. It, it was it was good. I mean, I recommend the, the podcast if you like. I, I'm sad that succession is over. It was good. But I think it was time for it to end. I know it was it was really incredible. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a good it was a good way to kind of wrap it up and yeah, not go on too long. Yeah, and it was a satisfying ending, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Nice. Nice. So, um, should we dive in? Should we dive into community? I saw this tweet that was like, podcast host 40 minutes into the episode so should we dive into our topic (laughs) (laughs) that really is the truth that really is our experience it is it is but today we're going to talk about community in the spirit of pride month happy pride it's our month they made june just for us uh Something that we both just found out today is that there's a branch of psychology that's called community psychology. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of similar where 
there are different branches of psychology that kind of take a different stance or have a different perspective on like why um, less perspective, but more just a different lens on why humans behave the way they do and what humans need to kind of function optimally. And so I'm just going to read from Encyclopedia Britannica as I, (laughs) as I love to do um, to describe what community psychology is. And then we can like go into kind of the more um, detailed elements of it. But community psychology, the study of human behavior in its multiple ecological, historical, cultural, and sociopolitical contexts. So that that wasn't mm. a sentence. That was a run-on. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Community psychology is a shift away from the broader field of psychology's internal cognitive and nuclear family emphases towards the incorporation of greater attention to the role of social systems and structures in human functioning. Community psychology began to emerge in the United States during the 1950s, and its development was influenced by the sociopolitical climate of the 60s and 70s. Civil rights, peace activism, feminism, the anti-poverty movement, and environmental awareness provided the context for defining the field. Hmm. Do, do, do. Um, So it, it basically talks about like the way that uh, psychology can't really treat people's individualized uh, issues without addressing bigger socio-political and environmental contexts, if that makes sense. Okay, that's, that is amazing because it's so true. Yeah, I think it's it's really, I mean, it really is what should be incorporated in kind of any psychological lens. And it's interesting because neither of us really learned this explicitly when we were studying psychology, although I'm sure probably elements of it influenced what we learned. Um, But community psychology, reading again from Encyclopedia Britannica, has an identifiable set of principles that both define and guide the field. These principles include one, personal wellness and access to resources, two, social justice and free freedom from oppression, three, a sense of community and connectedness, four, multiple dimensions of diversity, for example, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disability, and five, community, collaboration, participation, self-determination, and empowerment. So what do we think about this? Well, oh my gosh, I have have a lot of thoughts because one, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. I didn't learn about this at all at any stage of my education the closest I came to learning about this was through social justice movements and learning Mm -hmm. about how like affordable housing is mental health care access to medication is of is mental health care access to food is mental health care access to just basic human rights is part of psychology Mm -hmm. um and I guess another a facet of this that I actually did learn about is how big a factor environment is in pathology onset and also in pathology treatment. And it's mm-hmm. something that this job that I'm applying for actually holds to a high value. And they have mm-hmm. treatment for family members of patients 
Mm. and they incorporate like family Mm -hmm. members and carers of the patients into their treatment which I think Mm -hmm. is interesting and to me is an acknowledgement of community as a factor in psychology pathology treatment all that good stuff what do you think what Mm -hmm. were what were your impressions reading about this for the first time yeah reading through this um yeah I'm I'm kind of struck because it is yeah it is something that I've kind of uh considered throughout my study of psychology especially because I I did look a lot at social psychology and community is something that comes up so often like the idea that we don't exist um in a vacuum you know like the what is the poem like a man is not an island you know we we have to um exist within the context of a, a much larger group um Mm -hmm. and then within that a lot of smaller groups that that we consider part of our community right but I do think it it is something that makes me like quite critical of psychology as it stands today where I think we are pretty limited to the research that we have that doesn't take into consideration all of these factors that really does Mm -hmm. look at problems within the context of like a vacuum like um you know we will we're going to define this by these certain factors and without looking at a more holistic context so i think if we were driven a lot more by those principles i think that research would really benefit you know and we'd have like a a, tr- a more true understanding of of our psychological um like beliefs and and behaviors you know yeah definitely for sure i do think a lot of research is conducted kind of as viewing humans in a vacuum but also a lot of treatment is Mm -hmm. done as viewing humans in a vacuum so totally like yeah i mean maybe it's just my treatment but a lot of it was done without kind of acknowledgement of my environment not that my environment had like it didn't feel like my environment had that big of an impact on my journey maybe because Mm -hmm. I kept my parents out of it and also I wasn't I wasn't my pathology wasn't very severe it's interesting because what we talk about in psychology um I don't know if this relates directly to community uh, but I remember when I started studying psychology, um, we introduced the concept of, uh, weird, you know, weird stands for, I remember when we, we started studying psychology, they introduced to us the, the concept of the acronym, which is weird, uh, which stands for Western educated industrialized, rich, and democratic, which means that most of psychology's test subjects and study focuses are on those groups, not solely, but a big majority kind of uh, lacks the sort of diversity in those categories because they do just tend to focus on these types of individuals. So 
we really don't know a lot about uh, the psychology of, let's say, poverty, for example, or, you know, yeah. a lot about the psychology of people who don't have high school or college educations, because a ton of our research is focused on educated, um, the educated masses, you know? Yeah. So I just or- think it's interesting that it, it's hard to have community psychology when you truly don't understand many communities outside of outside of this this majority i would argue though that yes a lot of the research is focused on this group but increasingly mm-hmm. research is being done on poverty on i guess not really on yeah for sure people. but the issue that i see is that the when you say that you're doing a study on CBT for anxiety, for example, or you're looking at mm-hmm. um, how psychotherapy, like six sessions of psychotherapy compared to six sessions of CBT in people with mild mm-hmm. to moderate depression, for example, that is so general mm-hmm. that it's not going to apply to everyone. Oh, I don't know how to phrase this. Mm-hmm is basically the lack of integration like why is the general okay yeah these weird people and then we have to go into specifics for the non-rich people or for the non-democratic people yeah precisely um yeah so i guess part of it is like i do think that there is community psychology research being done but it's not Mm -hmm. i guess i am saying what you're saying is not prevalent (laughs) yeah yeah i wrote about this in my dissertation and it ended up not making it Mm -hmm. into the article which i was i wish i had advocated a bit more strongly for but one of the limitations of the field of psychedelics is that research isn't being done specifically in different races and ethnicities and Mm. it can be dangerous because i don't remember exactly what the case is but ketamine can have different effects in i think it's black people than white people Mm. and Mm -hmm. it like acknowledgement of diversity is integral for patient safety and the work's just not being yeah 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 particularly because um ketamine i mean from the limited knowledge i have of it but like it is something that's dangerous for people with um, high blood pressure. So if you're in like any sort of group that puts you at a higher risk factor, then yeah, it's it's really dangerous to not have that research. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Sorry, I'm just looking to see what I had written. Okay, yeah, I literally just said broadly, ethnicity has been shown to influence reactions to medications. Do you have anything more you want to bring up about community psychology in terms of research? Because I have a bit more of a social psych perspective that I want to bring up. Do tell. Or, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Well, I'm thinking about social connectedness, which was one of the tenets mm-hmm. of the one of the principles of community psychology, the sense of community and connectedness. And research has shown that um, social connectedness is integral in pathology as well. 
Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's literally all I had to say is that <laughs> social connectedness <gasps> is a factor in depression. <laughs> but also perceived perceived social connectedness so i guess that kind of ties Mm -hmm. into having a community not necessarily just physical and proximally is that a word i don't think it's a word in your proximity proximal i think proximally (laughs) but also feeling connected (laughs) to the people around you and also feeling connected to the people Mm-hmm. who might not be around you who are far away can help mm-hmm. with depression <laughs> or not yeah. help that it actually brings up a question that i had um like an opinion question that i had mm-hmm. because i was thinking about this idea of community and now i think we live in a culture that completely devalues community i think we're com- so detached um from accessing mm-hmm. community it, it's it's like an upward um s- sort of an upward battle you know towards finding connecting and creating community yeah but now the tech overlords are like don't worry like you have online community now and i don't know if that's like an oxymoron like i don't know if that exists does is is an online community actually a community and do you reap any benefits from human to human community that you do online? I, I think hmm. personally I'm kind of a boomer in that matter where I really <laughs> think that it's not, it's not a replacement for, for human connectedness. Um, and I think it further like perpetuates our, our society's lack of community but I wanted to know if you have any other thoughts, any any differing thoughts. I do. I think I do have differing thoughts because I I do think that community goes back to your perception. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking about when I first went to college and the people around me I wasn't connecting with immediately, but I felt a sense of community mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. high school friend group who was scattered across the United States. Or when I moved to mm-hmm. England and I wasn't immediately connecting with the people there, but I had my friends around the world and that felt like a sense of community or mm-hmm. being a part of the queer community, you know, and feeling supported mm-hmm. with obviously my close queer friends, but also globally around the, like this wider mm-hmm. sense of community. And I think a lot of people, especially people who feel as though they're in marginalized groups slash who are in marginalized groups, mm-hmm. find these communities mm-hmm. online that help them feel supported and that sense of social connectedness that they might not have in yeah. their their physical lives. However, yeah, I yeah. also feel that being in person with someone has a stronger sense of connection for me personally than it does mm-hmm. online. I felt it when mm-hmm. Greg was visiting and I felt so much more connected to him in person than I do when we're long distance or when I see my best friend yeah. in person. I feel so viscerally connected to them when we're f- 
physically together than Mm -hmm. I do them when we're apart. But that might also be because I built the foundation of these relationships in person. Um, Not that I don't feel connected to them when we're apart, but I suppose Mm -hmm. it feels stronger when it's physical. So I do get what you're saying. Um, I do completely understand where you're coming from, but I don't think that Mm -hmm. an online or even a – I don't want to say hypothetical, but – and I don't want to say imagined community because that takes me back to scripts and us reading imagined communities. (laughs) Imagined communities. Almost. I don't even remember the definition of an imagined community, but I'm going to use that term to describe communities like the queer community or a specific diaspora where you don't know every single person, but Mm -hmm. you know that they're there. Mm-hmm. I think that they have mm-hmm. benefits as well. Because, again, it's not about yeah. literal social connectedness. It's about perceived social connectedness. That's what makes the difference in feeling lonely True. and not feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's my yeah. rant. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I think that's a good place to end off. I feel like we <laughs> we – really kind of dove in on on community psychology i feel like there's so much more to talk about but at least we scratched the surface yeah i definitely think there's a lot more to talk about like i feel like we could talk about how community acts as i don't know i guess we kind of talked about the support system aspect but i guess i was wondering how Mm -hmm. community plays a role in your life and how you feel community has benefited you. Ooh. Yeah, I think there it it's an interesting point when you get to be an adult and you've been in so many communities. Um although I mean some people are adults and are in the same community that they uh, I'm not generalizing. Anyway, as an adult, I've I feel that I I have gone through a lot of different communities, mm-hmm. and I I feel that I gain different things from each one, um, and they mm-hmm. kind of form this quilt of my existence, uh, and I rely on on all of them to differing amounts. But uh, there is definitely something about shared experience that makes you closer with people and um and having community really does make a huge difference in in feelings of belonging in feelings of of you know if if you feel isolated um it's probably caused from lack of community and and certainly i've been on both kind of ends of the spectrum of of feeling belonged belonging uh, in a way and isolated so yeah uh that's i mean that's a really roundabout way but uh, community plays a big role in my life and what about you yeah i feel like as someone who has moved quite a bit i've really mm-hmm. grown to understand the importance of having a strong community both where i am and across the mm-hmm. world and maintaining relationships that are so valuable to me but also I feel like community has helped Mm -hmm. me come into myself very often at scripts Mm -hmm. it helped me come into my queerness when I 
moved to London, it helped me come into my like, I guess, confidence almost and my Mm -hmm. self-belief as I struggled a lot Mm -hmm. with Mm self-doubt when I first moved. And of Mm -hmm. course, around like having my family around the world, always making me feel supported, having my friends around the world, helping me feel intact (laughs) and like there's always someone Mm -hmm. thinking of me which is nice and Mm -hmm. it's something I'm very thankful for to have many communities throughout my life and agreed fully agreed the world 